Church, and we are about to enjoy the episode number three of the series, The Apostles. So, worship service number 235, today, March 28, 2021, The Apostles, episode three. And we want to invite everybody to come and download the bulletin. You can do it going to the website, or you just grab your phone, Point towards the QR code and download the bulletin of today. We are ready to continue worshiping the Lord. And the way to do it for you, my friend, is singing to Him, serving Him, and sharing the financial blessings. Go to vchurch.us forward slash give, or you can send a text. The phone number is 432-268-0007. Those are options for you to continue supporting our ministry and we thank you to our beautiful victory church members for your support because thanks to you we can do this thank you tracy for the songs thank you ray for the work on the computer the software the cameras good job and thank you sebastian for your work with the broadcast the apostles episode number three our worship service 235 of today sunday march 28 2021 do you remember friends the meaning of the word apostles is messenger the greek word apostolos we this we discussed that uh, in previous messages and you remember all begin with the message john the baptist said and the lord jesus repeated Matthew 4, 17, we read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Change your hearts and lives because God's kingdom is now very near. That's the main message, right? Change our hearts and our lives because God's kingdom is very near. And the Lord Jesus confronted people saying in Matthew 9, 13, I did not come to invite good people. I came to invite sinners because he wants us to acknowledge our Sinful nature that we need his forgiveness. He said that to the disciples. He told them in Matthew 9, 17, when he's picking them, selecting the disciples, guys, you got to be new, totally renewed. That's why he gave the analogy about the wine skins. And uh, well, if you want to know more about this series, the episode number one, you can find it on the YouTube channel, also in the podcast, on the website, in the Vimeo channel as well. And all that uh, also in Facebook and Twitter. Worship service 233, March 14, the first mission trip. The episode 2, which was last Sunday, March 21st, worship service 234. And today we are going through episode number 3. Are you ready for this? There you go. Let's do it. We start with the portion in Matthew 13, verses 53 through 58. So the reading says, when Jesus finished teaching with these stories, he left there. He went to the town where he grew up. He taught the people in the synagogue and they were amazed. They said, where does this man get such wisdom and this power to do miracles? Isn't he just the son of the carpenter we know? Isn't it his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? And don't all his sisters still live here in town? How is he able to do these things? 
So they had a problem accepting him. But Jesus said to them, people everywhere give honor to, to a prophet, but in his own town or in his own home, a prophet does not get any honor. Jesus did not do many miracles there because the people did not believe in him. You know, when the Lord Jesus is telling the disciples, guys, remember, he is giving them training. He says, there is something that you will experience in your, in your Christian walk. And you know what is that? You will see that your own family and your own home group, in your own hometown, they not necessarily are going to, to care for what you have to say now. In your own family, in your own circle, not necessarily they will care for what you say, what, what you believe, how you feel now about the Lord. It happens in your own hometown with your own people. And it's so funny that they mentioned the names of the brothers of the Lord Jesus. Even they mentioned the fact that there were several sisters, which comes to a very important point of doctrine here. We know that Mary conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus. There was no human intervention other than her own egg. But Joseph was not in the picture other than raising him, right? Mary was a virgin. But after the Lord Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph have a normal marriage life. And she got pregnant. Not just once, not twice, several times. The names of the brothers are listed there and even sisters. So that idea that some denominations say, about Mary virgin forever, I think it's not biblical. <laughs> and somebody has to read it. Matthew 13, verses 53 to 58, and ask the, those leaders, why are you keeping telling us to say those words when we know Mary had sex with her husband, Joseph. And there is nothing wrong with that. It's what happens in marriages. <gasps> Ooh, pastor is talking about sex in church. Well, let me tell you, I'm not talking about sex. I'm just talking about a very important principle is that we honor Mary, we honor Joseph, but it's a fact they had children. It's in the Bible. Now, what happened there? You remember... Last week, when, when they came to see the Lord Jesus, the Lord said, my real brother and sisters and mother are those who do what? God's will. Because actually, they were not at that point really into going with the Lord Jesus' vision and plan for his life. They were not. Mary had some ideas. She knew that that Jesus was special. Raising the Son of God? Oh my goodness. Well, that is beautiful. Having the Son of God within yourself? That's beautiful. In my view, there is no other woman like her in the whole history of humankind. The best woman. 
is the one that the Lord God chose to have Jesus. But when the time came, when the Lord Jesus was starting his ministry, his family didn't care much for him. And, and that is why the Lord Jesus said to the disciples here, listen, nobody's going to give you any honor in your own hometown because unfortunately, and you will leave that in your family with your own circle of friends. For some reason, they, they just don't, don't care much for what you have to say. It is, it is sad that it happened here. So that is important about this particular passage. What else the Lord says here in this uh, readings? In Matthew 14, verses 15 to 21, there is another important part. It says, late that afternoon, the followers came to Jesus and said, no one lives in this place and is already late. Send the people away so they can go to the towns and buy food for themselves. Jesus said, the people don't need to go away. You give them some food to eat. The followers answered, but we have only five loaves of bread and two fish. Jesus said, bring the bread and the fish to me. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves of bread and the two fish. He looked into the sky and thanked God for the food. Then he broke the bread into pieces, which he gave to the followers. And they gave the food to the people. Everyone ate until they were full. When they finished eating, the followers filled 12 baskets with the pieces of food that, we, that were not eaten. There were about 5,000 men there who ate. There were also women and children who ate. Well, thank goodness that was not during the Vi Vi era. Because can you imagine during those days, the Lord Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish. And somebody says, did you wash your hands, Jesus? Hey, James and Peter and all the, the apostles, hey, no, you touched that bread. <laughs> we don't want it. You know, it was a different situation. But what is interesting is that the apostles are starting to understand the real purpose of the life of the Lord Jesus. They were just starting to understand. They heard him talking about how in their families they will be rejected. You know, it's the reading that we read before. And they thought, well, that's interesting. So I'll be rejected by my own family. They are not going to honor me. Well, okay. So they continue walking with the Lord. And then suddenly there is a bunch of people there. And they, there's just, it's time for them to go. Because they said to the Lord, send them home. They got to eat somewhere. <laughs> And the Lord says, no, I have a plan. I have a plan. So at this point, the disciples have seen many miracles, people being healed. They have seen the water being transformed into wine. They have seen the Lord stopping the storm. You remember? To the wind, to the storm, calm, peace. They have seen many things, but this have never been seen before. They are like, what? Multiplying the food. C can you picture that, my friends? For real. Can you picture that? Bread, fish. Thank you, Lord, 
for this food. And then he goes, crunch, and breaks the bread, passes the fish, more, and more, and more. And the disciples are just grabbing packages, probably blankets, baskets, I don't know. And they were just going to receive that and bring it to the people. All the people were sitting there on the grass. And they were just looking at the Lord Jesus. <laughs> the Lord is just breaking the bread, sharing. He Obviously, he, he was a good cook. Thinking about it, I like that. I like that. He was sharing the bread and the fish, sharing, sharing. The disciples are just grabbing the stuff and passing it, passing it. Can you imagine the conversations among the disciples, the apostles? Can you imagine them? They said, "Do, do you do you have more there? Yeah, let's go, let's go, let's let's share that." Okay, hear more. There is more there. Yeah, there is more. What, what's going on? There is more. How come? I don't know. You just hurry, man, hurry. Can you imagine Peter? Peter that is so excited. Hey, chat, chat, Harry. Come on. And uh, John, that was so loving, the apostle, he was like, here is your bread. You want some butter? You know, so loving, so nice. All the disciples are just carrying the bread. But how, how fast do you think that happened? 5,000 men. Let, just let's calculate for a second how fast that could be. It's not a matter of minutes. This, this process took hours. And they are just walking, bringing more, sharing, getting more, and the Lord just multiplying the food. You're witnessing something like that. You are transformed. You know, at the beginning, how do you see that? When you see the provision of God the first time, you say, wow, that's so cool. The Lord provides for you once and you are, I mean, this is, this really works. Faith works. This thing about giving to the Lord and he will give you more. It works. You are shocked, right? At the beginning. But after that. You start to really enjoy this thing. And there is more bread, guys. Here's more bread, more fish. Who wants more? It's like you. You know, you saw the miracle the first time. You got shocked. You are surprised. And then you start to enjoy it. And you say, yeah, I can share with you guys. I can give you more. But there is a moment when the disciples are doing this. They come back again to get more bread and more fish. That when they are getting closer to the Lord Jesus for more with the empty basket, they are just looking at him. They see their, his hands putting more food in the basket. And they just think, he is really special. He is really the son of God. He has to be, he's supernatural. This is for real. You keep on going. But when the time keeps passing by and you see in your life God's provision once again, 
and again and again. And you see how the Lord takes care of everybody. There is a moment, friends, when the disciples are walking farther and farther to, this, to deliver the bread and the fish. There is a moment when they are walking farther. One block. Two blocks. And they are giving the, the bread and the fish to those people that are there wanting to eat something. They deliver that thing and they look at the faces of the kids, of the women of the ones that are in need. And they start to be touched in a different way that was not surprised. It was not excitement. It's not admiration. Right now you are truly moved because you see how God is using you to bring bread to somebody. How God will continue providing so you can share with others. And you come back again to Jesus, who is continue breaking the bread and sharing. You bring your basket, your empty basket, and you know he will provide for everybody. Then the disciples, after being surprised and shocked and laughing and hurrying and joking, they were probably crying just admiring how God provides for everybody. Now you are in your home, you have all your needs met. You are sitting there in your recliner, laying down in your bed. You are in your kitchen, you are in a stool, you are in a chair, wherever you are. And for a second with your cup of coffee, you are just thinking, the Lord has provided for me. You look through the window and you think, He has blessed me really with so much. You see the surprise, the admiration, the gratitude. No, you, you move to a new level, a level of being so touched by God. You are overwhelmed. You say, and now is my time to share with others. You see how great the Lord is in providing for you. And you cry. You cry. You simply cry because you know He is faithful in providing. He is so faithful. Matthew 16, verses 13 to 20. It's another very important passage for the apostle. Jesus went to the area of Philippi. He said to the followers, who do people say I am? They answered, some people say uh, you are John the Baptist or John the Baptist. Others say you are Elijah. And some say you are Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then Jesus said to the followers, and who do you say I am? Simon Peter's answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. <laughs> Jesus answered, you are blessed, Simon, son of Jonah. No one taught you that. My father in heaven show you who I am. So I tell you, you are Peter and I will build my church on this rock. The power of death 
will not be able to defeat my church. I will give you the keys to God's kingdom. When you speak judgment here on earth, that judgment will be God's judgment. When you promise forgiveness here on earth, that forgiveness will be God's forgiveness. Then Jesus warned his, his followers not to tell anyone he was the Messiah. Who can really tell that Jesus is the Son of God? That, you know, the word Messiah is a Hebrew word, Hamashiach. That is the same word in Greek, Christos. means the anointed one. The one chosen God to be the path, the Redeemer, our Savior. That, that is the meaning of Messiah, the one that comes to save us. The one that was appointed by God to do something that only He could do which was to wash away and take away our sins, the perfect Lamb of God. So who can have that revelation? Anyone that is willing to, to listen to the preaching of the Word and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit to show you that Jesus is the Son of God. is the work of the Holy Spirit we talked about the work of the Holy Spirit last week. And again, I mentioned this to you because it's essential that we understand this. That the only one that can show us who Jesus is, is the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Messiah. And the Lord says, Peter, this is a revelation that nobody could give you but my Father. It's a revelation that comes to people. So my dear friend, if, if you are watching and, and you really don't know anything or about Jesus other than the things that you have heard in the past that is probably not clear to you, I, I want you to know this, that if you try to comprehend intellectually, this idea of Jesus, the Son of God, is not going to work for you. Because... The things of the scripture, you cannot process intellectually, mentally. It's a revelation that is given by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, when you are willing to receive the Holy Spirit, when you open your heart, when, when you are willing to say, okay, I have my own ideas, but I'm going to put them aside for a moment, and I'm going to allow God through His Spirit, to talk to me, and I'm going to make a decision based on how I feel or what do I think. That is a great point to start, my friend. If you only do that, take your ideas, put them aside, and let the, the Word of God, the preaching of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit reveal to you who Jesus is, you will come to the same conclusion that Peter came. He said, you are the Messiah. You are the, the one that can save me. And that is what you need, my friend. And when the Lord Jesus said that to Peter, then he comes with a very powerful statement that is also another mistake in some denominations. 
They say, and Peter, you are the rock. No, it's not what the, the Lord meant. The meaning of this is the rock is the concept that is the revelation from the Holy Spirit of who Jesus is. That is the rock. It's not Peter. The rock, the foundation, is that the Holy Spirit reveals to you who the Lord Jesus is. But some denominations proclaim that the rock is not what the Lord Jesus meant. It is not. It's the concept. And then the Lord says something else. He says, and my church is not going to be defeated ever, not even by, by death. Why is that? Because we know that our bodies eventually are going to die. We humans are not meant to be eternal in, on this body. We know that. Our bodies deteriorate and, and we know the feeling. <laughs> you know, when we were young, man, we felt really invincible. But eventually, you know, you reach your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. And then you see how the body starts just to decay. And we know that eventually we will die physically, but not spiritually, not for real. Because, because the church of the Lord, the real church of God is spiritual and death is not going to defeat the church. Because even that, if somebody dies, let's suppose I, as a pastor, as a man, I die. Do you think the church is going to finish because I die? No. It hasn't happened with all the preachers throughout history. Because death cannot defeat the church. Nothing can defeat the church. Amen. Nothing. The church of the Lord, it's invincible. Invincible. That's a beautiful passage here. That the Lord is, is telling the disciples. Beautiful things. And then he goes farther. Saying something else, friends, that I hope you can follow this other idea. Other idea. Lord says, I'm going to give you the, the keys of the kingdom. And, and when you speak judgment, judgment is about to come. And when you speak forgiveness, forgiveness is about to come. When finally you arrive to a point in your life where you are a true servant of the Lord, a true servant of the Lord. You depend on the Lord absolutely. How do you know if you are a true servant of the Lord? Because you don't do what you want. You do what He wants. Let me say that one more time. How do you know that you are a servant of God? Is when you don't do what you want. You do what He wants. Then is when you know you are a servant of God. The true servant of God, get this, the true servant of God has power in his mouth because what he speaks is not what he wants, it's what the Lord wants. And when he speaks judgment, judgment is going to come. But when he speaks forgiveness, forgiveness is going to come. What is God's heart about judgment and forgiveness? Is there going to be judgment? It has. There is and will be. Always. It will never stop. 
Because God is fair and, and just, and He's holy. You know, God is not having fun, drinking, and partying, and, and then being holy. No. He has not two personalities. He's holy. And in His holiness, He wants everybody to come and repent and be right with him. That is his heart. That's why he sent the Lord Jesus. But at the same time, he cannot put up with unholiness. Everything that is evil and perverse and in vain, it is in the flesh, it is unholy. The Lord cannot tolerate that. He says, oh, mm, I can't do this. Because he's so fair, judgment has to come. And when, the, when you are a servant of God, because you do what he says, and you speak what he says, you speak. And when the Lord puts in your heart that you must speak some judgment about things, remember the Lord said this. I want you to follow this idea, friend. The Lord said, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom. The keys of the kingdom are in your mouth. But when you are a servant of God and you are doing God's will, you speak what he says and you speak judgment. You can imagine what can happen. But when you speak forgiveness at the same time, forgiveness is going to come. So that's, that is why we preach the word of God. That is why here in the church we invest hours and hours and hours and hours every week doing all this work with one intention, my friend. Is that for you, my dear viewer, you get saved. Because here we in the church, we are believers. We are part of the kingdom of God. We are part of the family of God. We are children of God. But we don't know about you. In our heart, is it's all about reaching out to you. So, so you can be saved. And that is the reason why we work and we do what we do. We put the money, the money into this and efforts into this because we want to see people being saved. That's the objective. We speak forgiveness. And forgiveness is going to come. Next scripture, Matthew 16, verses 22 and 23. From that time, Jesus began telling his followers that he must go to Jerusalem. He explained that the older Jewish leaders, the leading priests, and the teachers of the law will make him suffer many things. And he told his followers, that he must be killed. Then, on the third day, he will be raised from death. Peter took Jesus away from the other followers to talk to him alone. He began to criticize him. He said, God save you from those sufferings, Lord. That will never happen to you. <laughs> then Jesus said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. You are not helping me. You don't care about the same things God does. You care only about things that people think are important. 
Now, who was the one who received the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah? Peter. And who is the one that the Lord Jesus called Satan? Peter. Isn't that interesting? How sometimes we can be so holy, <laughs> so spiritual, and other times we are so evil and so stupid. <laughs> Here is, we are Peter. We are not better than Peter. We are just like Peter sometimes. Sometimes we are in those moments of holiness and adoration. And other times we are so evil and perverse that it's so sick. It's disgusting for real. And you just look at yourself in the mirror and you say, how could I? How could I? Well, in this case, the Lord Jesus didn't wait for the mirror. He said, come, come here. You are Satan. You don't, <laughs> you don't care for the things of the kingdom. Because at that point, Peter was just thinking, who knows what he was thinking? Who knows? But the point is the Lord rebuked him and said, no, I must die. We are about to see everywhere here in the world, Easter weekend, talking about the crucifixion of our Lord. And precisely that is the reason why we are doing these studies about the apostles, because we are getting into this point of the crucifixion, which is what I'm going to be talking next week. But before we get there, we're going to read another passage. This time, Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and went up on a high mountain. They were all alone there. While these followers watched him, Jesus was changed. His face became bright like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Then two men were there talking with him. They were Moses and Elijah. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you want, I will put three tents here, one for you. One for Moses and one for Elijah. While Peter was talking, a bright cloud came over them. A voice came from the cloud and said, This is my son, the one I love. I am very pleased with him. Obey him. The followers with Jesus heard this voice. They were very afraid. So they fell to the ground. But Jesus came to them and touched them. He said, Stand up. Don't be afraid. The followers looked up and they saw that Jesus was now alone. As Jesus and the followers were coming down the mountain, he gave them this command. Don't tell anyone about what you saw on the mountain. Wait until the Son of Man has been raised from death. Then you can tell people about what you saw. And again, Peter, Peter in his mouth, right? <laughs> Peter came there again. Lord, I have an idea. What if we do this? This time, the Lord Jesus didn't say anything. He was immersed in an experience that we call transfiguration. We don't know exactly what was happening there. The only thing that we know is that he was transformed. Moses and, and Elijah show up, you know, representing the prophecy and the law. 
the fulfillment of the, the whole Old Testament present there with Jesus at the center. Isn't it beautiful? The prophecy and the law. And Jesus is the center. Oh, that's beautiful. And in that moment, when Peter says that, there is a bright cloud and then the voice of God. This is the one that I love. I am pleased. I'm very pleased with him. Obey him. They fell to the ground. They are now on the ground. The Lord came, touched them. Come on, guys, let's go. There are no more comments. Those three guys, James, John, and Peter, now they are walking down the mountain. Can you imagine that? They are carrying their backpacks or whatever. I don't know. They are carrying those things. No one word. All of them quiet. Just thinking, what did just happen? They are just walking, walking down. And the Lord said, I don't want you to say anything about what you saw, okay? Until later, when I'm gone. Okay. Some people are so blessed that can have supernatural experiences with God. But not all. How many disciples? Twelve. How many were there? Three. The Lord has a reason why some people will experience supernatural encounters with God. And some don't. He has a reason. But the Lord chose Peter, James, and John to be there. He had a particular plan for those three. So they could see that, hear that, and being impacted to be on the ground. Not the other nine, just those three. Some people have those supernatural experiences with God. Some people are filled with so much power in their bodies, with the presence of God, they can be standing. They simply fall. Some people call that laying in the Spirit. Some people call them being filled with the Holy Spirit. Some other people experience other things in the presence of God. Some people experience the power of God to the point that they are overflowing. And then words that they cannot even understand coming out of their mouth, speaking in languages that nobody understands, they just say words inspired by the Holy Spirit is what we call speaking in tongues. Other people, on the other hand, they receive an interpretation of what this person is speaking. And this person says, this is a message from God. The Lord says this, the Lord says that. What is called the interpretation of the tongues. Some people experience the presence of God, the presence of God in their bedroom. Some people experience the presence of God in their bathroom. Some people experience the presence of God while they are driving, others when they are eating. Some people feel special things in their body. 
Other people chose, they chose go in their minds to places that they never imagined existed. It's just a divine vision that people can have. But the Lord will do things in a very different way with everyone because he has a plan for everybody. The Lord knows why. You don't need to be worried about that. Don't worry about this. Some people receive certain gifts, other people receive other gifts. The, the, the beautiful thing about this is that those three, they saw that it was for real. Now, my question to you, my dear viewer, is this. Have you seen God for real in your life? Have you experienced the power of God in your life? Have you ever had a moment when you are just praying or thinking of God that suddenly there is power on you, that even there is a heat unexplainable making you cry, perhaps, or making you laugh like a crazy person? <laughs> you just don't get it. You, just, you are just overwhelmed with emotions. Have you experienced God in that way? The disciples, the apostles did. They experienced God in that way. And I encourage you to get there. If you, if you want it, you will get it. I always say this. People that are hungry are going to go to the refrigerator. But when you are not hungry, they, they can serve you a beautiful feast. You're, you're going to eat. The same thing happens with the power of God. The same thing happens with the presence of God. Here's the feast, but you're not hungry. Would you want it? You see that? That's why I'm encouraging you, encouraging you. Seek the presence of God. In your time alone, talk to Him heart to heart. Tell Him, I want to feel you, Lord. I, I would like to to receive that touch from you. I, I want to experience you. <laughs> you. You will. You will. Because when you want more from the Lord, He will give it to you. I promise you. Now, next Sunday on Worship Service 236, on April the 4th, 2021, we will be here in Victory Church, worshiping the Lord with the topic, The Apostles. Episode 4, and that will be the end of this series. Episode number 4, next Sunday here in Victory Church. Now, the next scripture that I have for you, it's on Matthew 20, from verse 20 through 28. In this portion, the Zebedee's wife's wife came to Jesus and brought her sons. You remember, right? She bowed before Jesus and asked him to do something for her. Jesus said, what do you want? She said, promise that one of my sons will sit at your right side in your kingdom. <laughs> and the other at your left. So Jesus said to the sons, you don't understand what you are asking. Can you drink from the, this, from the cup that I must drink from? The sons answered, yes, we can. Jesus said to them, it is true that you will drink from the same cup. If you want to die with me, okay. 
But it is not for me to say who will sit at my right or my left. My father has decided who will do that. He has prepared those places for them. The other 10 followers heard this and were angry with the two brothers. So Jesus called the followers together. He said, guys, come on. You know that the rulers of the non-Jewish people love to show their power over the people. And their important leaders love to use all their authority over the people. But it should not be that way with you. Whoever wants to be your leader must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first must serve the rest of you like a slave. Do as I did. The Son of Man did not come for people to serve him. He came to serve others and to give his life to save many people. What a cute mama. Can you imagine the conversation in the house? Hey, here's Zebedee. Hey, guys. How is, how is everything going with the ministry? <laughs> Who are the two brothers? John of Zebedee. You remember? Come on, people. The apostles, they were part of the first four. Who are the sons of Zebedee? Okay, let's go back to the study. The first two were Peter and his brother, Andrew. And the other two were John and James, the sons of Zebedee. So they were there, right? So how is the ministry going out there? How is working out for you guys, Zebedee? The mama is in the kitchen fixing them some food. Oh, everything is great, Dad. You know, we saw Elijah. Oh, shh. We shouldn't say that. Yes, yeah, true. Oh, we saw something amazing. We have seen great miracles. That's good. And the mama says, and uh, hey, kids, I have a question. You, you left the business because you decided to, to go with, with Jesus, which is okay. We, we, he's a nice guy. And now your father needed to hire more people to take care of the business because, you know, we got to eat anyways, which is okay. But uh, let me ask you something. What are you going to get after all that? What's for you in this, all these things? John and James are like, well, we, we really don't know. But uh, it would be nice to be, you know, we are in the main circle with Peter, you know, the three of us. Do you know that, Dad? No, I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah. The mama says, well, maybe, maybe I can talk to Jesus about it. So she comes and says, hey, Jesus. What if my son sits at your left and the other at your right? How about that? <laughs> In the Lord, you heard the answer. He says, you, you really don't know. Can, can you really drink the cup that I'm about to drink? Meaning, you know, are you willing to die like I will do? Like I will suffer and go through all that? Can, can you take that cup? Yeah, we can. Okay, fine. Follow my example. You're going to suffer as well. That's fine. But let me tell you this. I, I am not the one who makes that decision. Who's going to sit here and there? The other apostles were very angry, you know. What happens really with the apostles? What happens really with all of us everywhere we are? Whether it's in the workplace, in church, in a sport team, community, services, organizations, wherever we are, 
We say we don't care for the place. We say I am here just to help. We say I like to serve. Say those things. Is that for real? Is that for real? The Lord Jesus said clearly, the leader must be the one serving. And he even mentioned this. He said, you know, among these non-Jewish people, they just love their leaders to show power and authority upon their people. Because this idea of the leader being strong and telling everybody what to do, like as a commander in the army or something like that, is pretty popular among many people. That is not the way that works in the kingdom of God. And many people will be surprised in heaven. In heaven, maybe not here on earth, but in heaven, many people will be surprised. How the categories and levels are according with God's viewpoint. Because what the Lord wants us is to become his servants. To serve everybody else. Are you a servant of God? Do you remember the question that I asked you earlier? How do you know if you are a servant of God? When you do what he says. Not what you want. What he says. When you obey the Lord, then you are a servant of God. And the Lord said, look at me. I didn't come here to be served by people. So tell me, guys. How is it that we see people all the time, everywhere in the world, that they are leaders, that they want to be sitting there? Where is my coffee? Where is my tea? Where is my food? I want this. I want that. Where that comes from? It's not coming from the Bible. It's not coming from the Spirit. It's not coming from Jesus. It's not coming from God. It's not. Because even when we pay the services of anybody, that doesn't mean that person is a slave. There are ways to ask for things. There are ways that we, we need to talk to people when, when we are paying people to do things for us in a restaurant, in a store. There are ways. But especially when it's about the people that we are hanging out with. It's important that we keep in mind this, what the Lord Jesus said. If anyone wants to be the leader, must serve the rest. Must serve the rest. I went to school. I lived the experience of Bible Institute, the School of Ministry, University, and Theological Seminary. I heard maybe, I don't know how many dozens of teachers and preachers, pastors, showing me how to do ministry and explaining to me the Bible and all these things that we learned in the school, okay? But this thing about becoming a servant, <laughs> 
They don't teach that in the school. I mean, they say those things, but I mean, how to become a servant, my friend? There are some statistics indicating, I believe is 70,000 pastors quit in America every year. 70,000 pastors quit in America every year. There is a st statistic out there. And when you talk to them, why? You will find out that many of them, they, they were not there for the right reasons. But majority of them, they were really, they got hurt when they were, when they faced the fact that they needed to become servants. Because that goes against your nature. Oh, you don't want to serve anybody. Mm -mm. That is why everything begins in your home. It's where everything begins. The apostles saw the Lord Jesus working hard, serving them, helping, healing, walking, doing any number of things during his ministry. They saw him as an example of a servant, not looking for protagonism or anything like that. The apostles saw that. What about you, my friends? What about us? What about us? Are we really moved by that example? And we say, I really need to serve everybody with all my heart. Well, it sounds very romantic, right? It sounds very poetic. But from there to the reality, <laughs> because it's not easy. But if you want to know how you're going to please the Lord, is when you finally arrive to that point saying, I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve people. And you, you know, circumcision is about removing flesh. Spiritually, every believer has to go through circumcision, spiritually, removing the flesh. And that is by becoming a servant. When you say, I hate this. But I'm, I'm going to do it anyway, <laughs> you know, because you say it's, it's God's will. The Lord wants me to become a servant. And that is precisely, my friends, what the apostles live in this episode. Are you ready for a new life, my friend? Are you ready? Because I feel that we should go through this process of restarting again. But my dear viewer, listener, Perhaps you don't know about this scripture, Romans 10, 9. If you openly say, Jesus is my Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from death, you will be saved. You will be saved. Yes, my friend. That's why I want to invite you to say a prayer with me, to give your life to the good Lord. Are you willing to do it? What if you say with me, dear God, I see that becoming your disciple is not an easy thing. But I want to commit. I know it is time for me to assume my place in the battle. Please help me to accept your will for my life. I want to be useful in your kingdom. Lord, you are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you, Lord. 
I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever, my Lord. Starting today, I want to see life and people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. My friends, it is here in this beautiful cross where we experience the salvation of our lives. Now, what if you say with me, I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. Thank you, friends, for coming to church. Receive the blessing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful Sunday, and I'll see you next week. Anytime a heart turns from darkness to light Anytime temptation comes and someone stands to fight Anytime somebody lives to serve and not be served I know, I know, I know, I know God is on the Thank you for watching Victory Church. Please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.